the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents. Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! What's up, sluts? Hey! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, this is an IndieCast After Dark run exclusively... By Luna and Zach. Coming in high. No last names. Uh, Fuck last We're going to talk about a lot of different things in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, a surprising amount of wrestling for both of us. We were not yeah, expecting say, like, wrestling topics, but here we are. not a whole lot there, but a little bit. Just to, like a, just to pepper it in. But before we get into what our big discussion points are, a couple of quick plugs. Mm-hmm. February the 16th, Punk Pro Wrestling, Psycho for Your Love, 7.30 VIP start time, Golf U Event Center, Newport Ritchie, Florida. If you are anywhere near that area that weekend, you have to make it to the show. There is a bunch of debuts that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romeo Cavedo, Captain Aaron Nova, Brett Eisen, Dick Danger. First, get your shit in Scramble of 2019. The internet title oh, being fought between Drennan and Eddie Torres. It's going to be so good. Troy Hollywood and Jonathan Wolf for the final time. Best two out of three for the Get Your Shit In title. Mm-hmm. And of course... Trip Cassidy, our champion, taking on the weapon of SAS destruction, Effie, for the FG yeah. title. So that show is going to be nuts. Again, Punk Pro Wrestling. Google it. You will find the new upcoming show. Mm-hmm. We hope to see you all there. And if you'd like to do the second plug. Oh, sure. Um, I was just going to say there is an event page on Facebook, and we know that there are other shows going on that day. Like, there's just a ton of fucking great wrestling happening on the 16th. But our show is conveniently scheduled for the evening, so even if you're going to another show earlier in the day, you can still make it to Punk Pro. That's right. A, a great way to spend a Saturday evening. Exactly. Lots of good wrestling. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, I don't know if you and Chad maybe have mentioned it before, because I don't listen to the show. Um, but the new Fully Gimmicked website is live, and it was a labor of love, um, but I think it'll be way more convenient for shopping, it's easier to find things, it's a lot more organized, and everything actually has all of the options available for it. And uh, some new stuff that we didn't have the means to do previously is on there, so that's super cool. Um, like phone cases and embroidery on hats and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Um, so you can go there and uh, order some good shit. And then this Friday, February the 1st, mm-hmm. we will be dropping on the new Fully Gimmicked website a one-of-a-kind, big-ticketed Sue Young collectible. Absolutely. It is a spiritual sequel to something that we've created previously, but to a much larger scale. It is the only one we've been able to get our hands on. It's big. It's big and goddamn ridiculous. So, uh, Friday, we haven't announced a time yet. It will be based on whenever Luna gets around to listing it. So keep your eyes on fullygimmick.com, especially if you're a fan of Sue Young. Mm -hmm. So, let us discuss pro wrestling for 10 seconds. So And and for interestingly enough, not independent wrestling for 10 seconds. Uh, Well, it's kind of, it it comes full circle. That's true. Because it it started indie, then it wasn't, and now it very well could be again. But there was an announcement made that set my loins aflame that my absolute fave, OG Bay. Dean Ambrose is not renewing his contract with WWE, and I am praying that he's not fucking miserable and hates wrestling now, and that he does one more really good indie run. I don't even need to, to come back, like, full-time. I just need, like, a really good... Like a farewell tour? Yeah, because, like, fucking go out there and just fucking light their asses on fire, dude. Like, WWE hasn't given a shit. 
Because that's what they do after five minutes. They're like, okay, we found a new toy, goodbye. And creative can't fucking come up with... Can't find their ass with both hands. So, like, go and just fucking do it. Just do it. Um, I'm so excited. I hope you So, they've said that his contract is up after WrestleMania. Yeah. So, the question is, do you put him in any kind of program for WrestleMania? Or do you just basically just write him off TV... Well, depending on how they're parting terms, I think it would be nice if they did, because it's a nice, like, you know, instead of the gold watch and the kick in the butt, you know, it's at least a, like a, hey, thanks for all you did, or, you know, thanks for working with us for as fucking long as you did, like, have a nice rest of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of just, like, oh, I gave my two weeks, and they just told me not to bother to showing up. Yeah. Like, don't even come back. Like, so it could kind of go either way, but I think it would be nice of them to give him something, even if it's not huge. Okay. But like it doesn't have to be I, fucking main event, right? right? But I don't think putting him on like the pre-show would be good either. Somewhere in between, yeah, exactly. But although it would be nice as a company to do, mm-hmm. there's not an awesome track record for that. Meaning, there have mm-hmm. been matches in the past at WrestleMania mm-hmm. that were like farewell matches, right? And with the exception of like Ric Flair's retirement, yeah, most of them the crowd are pretty big assholes. Because they know, well, this guy's obviously losing because he's leaving tomorrow, so fuck him. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. The crowds typically aren't so cool. Well, roll out Undertaker again, drag his old bones back in, have him do a casket match, and then you can just fucking... And literally bury, bury Dean yeah. Ambrose. Nice. There you go. That's how you end it. I would ask you, like, who's your dream matchups to have Ambrose come back and fight on the indies, but I'm not going to put you... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to put you on the spot to, like, oh, hey, Luna... Name some indie guys who are big right now. Like, yeah, no, I'm not going to make you do that. Um, the other piece of, of uh, not independent wrestling news to talk about is they WWE has announced that they are bringing back halftime heat. Now, to anybody know. who doesn't remember yeah, what, that like, is, what that is, back in like 1999, WWE just decided to just pull their balls out mm-hmm. and basically said, hey, so you know how the Super Bowl's on Sunday? And the halftime show is, like, kind of shitty. Do they do a show during halftime? Is that the yes. whole point? Oh, Jesus So, Christ. in 1999, or somewhere around there, I'm going to have that, you're exactly right, it was the Rock and Mankind empty arena match. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And it was, like, groundbreaking, because it was just, they beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And it was, like, a huge ratings get. Like, the Super Bowl was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. people didn't watch the goddamn halftime show. So, they're bringing it back this year. And I think they're doing it because there's been a lot of, like, fan outcry about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because there's teams that, like, and nobody wants. And especially about the halftime show. Because right. the NFL's been such a cuck about Kaepernick that they're, right. like, uh, a lot of the acts have been, like, we're not performing right. for so you. Right, it's, so it's an underwhelming yeah. halftime show. So, the halftime show, because the halftime's not terribly long. Yeah. So, halftime heat, they've announced that it's going to be, like, I, I don't know if it's going to be the only match or whatever, but it's a six-man tag. And it's just NXT guys, and it's their champions versus like the number one contenders, oh, basically. That's awesome. And so, um, the one of the team is Gargano, Ciampa, and Adam Cole. Is like is like <laughs> Team PWG. Team best of the yeah, Team yeah. PWG is fighting of the. So it's gonna be Jesus. pretty kick ass. And mm-hmm. so I was just excited for them to be like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be a ploy to try to like plug the XFL. I really hope it's not, but I don't see how it wouldn't be. Dude, that would be hilarious. It's like, hey, watch it. So whatever. So that's another thing. But I just thought that was neat to like, oh hey, 
way to seize an opportunity of like, well, there's already been a call to boycott the, yeah, the Super Bowl this year. Not because of anything meaningful. Not like, oh, because, you know, they're really shitty to Kaepernick or something like that. No, it's like, the Saints shouldn't be in this fucking th- Or the Rams shouldn't be in it. The Saints should be in it. Fuck this. I'm not watching it. Like, yeah. okay, well, that's dumb. Um, so, great way to seize an opportunity of like, eh, the Super Bowl might underperform. What a better opportunity to fucking come in and snag that spotlight. So, I hope it goes well. And that sounds like an awesome match. So, cool beans. So, let's talk uh, the other thing that Uh we wanted to mention here. Television. Oh, my God. Something we don't watch terribly often in terms of modern television. We watch a lot of... Streaming stuff. We watch a lot yeah. of old shows. And I was gonna say, I just rewatch shows that I've watched previously. Yeah, exactly. But, um, so basically, it's watching old shows. I watch a lot of Mystery Science Theater. She watches Frasier and other good mm-hmm. shit. So um, you have gone on the pilgrimage to rewatch uh, X Files again. I have. I am on season six. And uh, when I was a kid, and I mean like eleven, twelve, like that was my fucking shit. Like I was such a nerd anyway. But like. I super loved the X-Files, like, just really, really super duper hard. Um, and so I realized it had been a while since I've, like, watched it in its entirety. You know, mm-hmm. like, I've still seen bits and pieces. Yeah, you, or, see, like, you catch episodes here and there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or, like, oh, I feel like watching this one specific episode, but, like, as a whole, being able to, like, binge it now, as opposed to literally having to wait week to week as a kid, like, fucking life-changing. Like, it's so much better, first of all. Like, not that I've never binged a show before, but, like... Having watched it previously, to be able to watch it in one big chunk again now, like, awesome. Because so, you get so many more, you get so much more out of the story. I was just going to say, so let's mm-hmm. let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you've watched shows before mm-hmm. from a previous era and binged them, and they're not built for that. Right. Oh, like, God, yeah. Like, when you did your run-through of, like, Friends, mm-hmm. there are definitely moments that lose some of their power when you watch it and then go right into the next episode and you're like, what the, that, 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 that meant nothing? Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. because it was week to week. So, you know, and, and even with Frasier, there's been some stuff that you were watching and you were like, yeah, I remember this being a much bigger deal and now it's not because you're binging it. It's going one right after another. Yeah. So would you say that X-Files survives that even though it's a previous era? That like it is bingeable in, in, in like the way that modern shows are? Or would you say that it also has those pitfalls where you're like, ooh, this was supposed to be meaningful and it's totally not anymore? <laughs> um, no, I think it's sufficiently bingeable because of the way that they very strategically laid out. And I mean, it. I know a lot of it was flying by the seat of their ass, but and I'll get to that. But like they let, the way they map out the storylines is clever because it's not three Monster of the Week episodes and, like, three main storyline episodes. Like, they'll kind of pepper it in. Like, you'll have a Monster of the Week and then it's like, oh, here's something really serious. And then here's another episode that's kind of lighthearted, just to kind of lighten it up, because we know the last one was really heavy duty. Like, you get a good mix of overarching stories, mini arcs, and Monster of the Weeks that are just one-offs. Excellent. Now compare that to, like, like Supernatural, which is, like, a similar structure. <sighs> well... <sighs> Okay, here's the thing. I haven't watched Supernatural for, like, the last two seasons. And I adored the first, like, five or six, whatever, until we got up to the fucking Leviathans. That was bullshit. But the first five seasons of that show are a work of art. And very similar to how, like, Once Upon a Time was. The first season is an absolute masterpiece. Because they fucking planned it. Somebody thought about this ahead of time and went, okay, here's what the characters we've got, here's the stories we want to tell. And then here's how we ended. Exactly. Here's how we want to connect it. Because when Supernatural first started, they only had... The station was like, okay, here's five seasons. 
They didn't know if they were going to get renewed. Fucking 15 years later, they're ready to kill themselves because they're done fucking the show. But, like, the first five seasons, there's a very clear overarching story. You get a really good kind of Monster of the Week vibe of it. And obviously, as it goes on, that's a lot of filler stuff. But, like, it's still fun because everything's new. And they're exploring a lot more um, mythology-wise than even the X-Files did. Because a lot of it was still, like, um, urban legends and things like that. You had limitations with But they can get a lot more, like, existential, I guess, on Supernatural. You know, especially that once they decided to bring in, like, the whole angel and demon dynamic. And now you're opening up, like, a whole new realm of bullshit to contend with. Um... So, like, the first five seasons, there's a very a much clearer, like, story arc. Like, it's you, very tight. Yeah, exactly. It's tight. You know what we're building toward. Like, we've, we're clearly on a train, and the train is heading in the right direction, and everybody is happy about it. But, like, once it gets later, and that's really the pitfall of any show, like, once you start running out of ideas, like, okay, well, this is the biggest, baddest thing they've ever faced ever. Great. What do you do next season? Oh, fuck. Okay, well, here's the biggest, baddest thing ever, ever, ever. That's even bigger than the last thing. Okay, cool. What about next season? Like, instead of trying to capture that same idea of let's build an overarching story that may take a couple of seasons, and that's okay. Uh, it's okay to have not a have plan. a season finale payoff. Exactly. You can go. But it's leading to the like, next one. It's so short term. Like, oh, well, what do we do now? We have to do the biggest, baddest thing, and then uh, I guess we'll now figure out something else. And it's very clear that they're just pulling stuff out of their ass. Mm-hmm. Or as I feel like with the X Files, sometimes there's a bit of that. Mostly once the later seasons, though. Because um, again, with problem. any show, yeah, like Stargate is. is yeah, yeah. SG-1 was the same way. Um, Atlantis didn't run too long for them to be able to pull too much shit out of their ass. But, like, once David Duchovny left and then Jillian mostly left the show, like, they tried to pass it off, you know, for like, oh, this is the new team. We don't want a new team. We're not right. here for them. Um, but at least still up until this point, you know, about midway through season six-ish, we're still good and thoroughly bingeable and very enjoyable. Uh, I did learn something crazy uh, today about The X-Files. Yeah. That... It's, like, the only show in, like, the 90s era Mm -hmm. that had the foresight to film in widescreen. Because, like, (laughs) because at that time you didn't have widescreen format televisions. It was still full screen. Yeah. So, like, Baywatch and, you know, all these other shows that were big at the time are all filmed in a square. X-Files was the only one that was like, we're basically a movie. And so they decided to film widescreen. So that's why if you watch, like, the remastered and the the streaming versions of X-Files, it still looks great. But uh, Amazon just dropped a remastered version of Baywatch, which is the first time ever, believe it or not. For Baywatch has never been released completely on DVD. Because who wants to binge watch Baywatch? I don't know, but whoever did, fuck them. They, they weren't allowed yeah. to, but it, Amazon just dropped it, but it was filmed full screen, but now it's yeah. widescreen for HD, and so yeah. there's just a lot of shit that's just cut now, yeah. and, it, and it looks even weirder, because now it's like, did they just film titties on this show? It's like, well, no, she used to have a head, but now, because we stretched it's it now, no, sorry. Yeah. Um, well, and that's one of the things that um, the creator and one of the, pretty much forever, the head writer Chris Carter said that he wanted every episode to look like a movie, so that's part of why. Like, But that, I found that totally yeah. fascinating, that they were like, no, no, mm-hmm. this is a movie, yeah. and so they filmed it like that. Yeah, and they did a lot of practical effects, um, especially because it was, you know, 90s, early 2000s, like, some of the computer-generated stuff, you're like, woof, watching it back now. You mean but Cyber like, Pagans? What? Isn't that the one where they're, it's, 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 it, yeah, it's Cyber Pagans or something like that. There's one that's like, takes place about the internet or something like that. And All was, of the internet ones yeah, are bad, really bad, 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 because bad. it's like you—you you barely have. Well, my favorite example is like the the jump from one season to the other, where 
previous season, everything's fine. Next season, suddenly everybody has cell phones oh, because yeah. it was like, well, I, well, they have cell phones. Well, they got better because in the in the earlier ones, it's like it's the big clunky phone, and like they don't get reception anywhere. And then later, then it's like, oh, then now they're smaller, and they get slightly better reception in elevators. Like, oh ooh, okay, we're you know, getting, getting caught up. Um, but like. You see, like, shots of Skelly typing her report in the early seasons, and it's just the neon green text on a black screen. Oh. And you're like, nobody fucking types in DOS, by the way. Oh, like, no, you what gotta is type she it doing? Up, but you're playing later, Doom, like, and then you gotta type up your doc. And then later, it's like, oh, okay, this is what computers actually look like. Sorry, we're dicks. Like, thank you. Okay, so, mm-hmm. to make this an interesting show, and not just, like, not just let's suck this show's dick off. Rambling diatribe about the X-Files. I did some research to try to find, like, what are people's problems... Okay. With the X-Files. Mm-hmm. And it was actually very difficult to find anything of substance. Mm-hmm. There are tons of people who complain about the two most recent seasons, like yeah. the revival. There's lots of people bitching about that. But about the original show, mm-hmm. um, it, it pretty much just gets a pass for the most part. Like, yeah. a lot of people really enjoy it. But one thing that I did find, and I'm very curious to hear your, your insight on, mm-hmm. is uh, from a feminist point of view, mm-hmm. the original X-Files mm-hmm. is incredibly problematic. Because... Of Scully. Because. What? Because. On the one hand. Uh-huh. The show. Is. Essentially created. That the woman. Is wrong. Like so many episodes. Are here's a problem. Mm-hmm. Scully goes. Well this is the answer. Mm-hmm. Mulder goes. No no. This is the answer. And Mulder's right 90% of the time. <laughs> well, it's not from, like, a mansplating standpoint. Well, I was just going to say. Now, the issue with that is mm-hmm. it it was luck of the draw. Yeah. Chris Carter had the idea from the beginning of, well, what if we have the female is the logical one and the male is the emotional one? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of luck of the draw. But... I was saying, and that just more goes to... And I, and I don't... I've never taken offense to that from a feminist standpoint because so much of the show does hinge on her being this strong badass woman like whenever she is in a situation where she's being taken advantage of and her finding her voice in a room full of very powerful men and going no fuck you like she's still a bad bitch and that's really important you know and one of the episodes that i love it's a i love all of them sorry i'm gay you Um, do start literally every (laughs) like every time you tell me about an episode you go this one's my favorite and i was like you told me that yesterday um, it's called, like, The Ghost of Christmas something, but it's the Christmas Eve one, and it's essentially, like, a Scrooge nod, um, but they kind of, like, e- e- a ghost comes to each of them and is telling them, like, why their relationship is problematic, like, but mm-hmm. they'd mention, like, no, you're both fucking codependent and lonely, and, like, either be together or don't, but, like, your whole life revolves around this, and, like, you're both kind of a nut job, but it's adorable. Um. Well, the, the other, even still, yeah, the, finish your, finish your part thought. Of, uh, no, you're good. Um. In that most of the, uh, no, that's true. Okay, I, I'm gonna well, get to my point. Well, to your well, original point yeah. of, you know, the show works on the skeptic has the mm-hmm. concrete idea, yeah. and then the supernatural right. is the is the counter. Exactly. The original which, point was it's not him proving her wrong because she's a woman. He's opening her eyes to yes, the supernatural shit does exist, regardless of the science background right. that you've got for it. And. I think the point is, in a vacuum, like, mm-hmm. in each episode, it's like, well, of course that's how it needs to be. Yeah, exactly. But when you back up and look at it, you're like, <laughs> so, like, these two have been working together for, like, ten years, and yeah. every fucking mission is like, by the way, bitch, you're wrong again. Yeah. Like, how does she not go, you know, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right about everything. Like, it's a little <laughs> frustrating from that point. The other thing that I read was 
that because Chris Carter's at the helm of it, mm-hmm. again, from the feminist point of view, the show does not do Scully justice in terms of trauma that she has dealt with. Because there's, like, with the abduction and, like, mm-hmm. kind of medical rape and then, like, yeah. oh, you're infertile and, oh... Just kidding, have you, a baby. Here, here's a baby you, you, you know, uh, your daughter that you never knew you had got killed and oh, now God. here's another baby and it gets taken away because you don't want it to be... Like, all of this horrible trauma mm. that can only happen to a female yeah. happens to this female and the show has zero repercussions for it. Like, it doesn't go like, hey, she's really traumatized by this. Yeah. And you go, well, the show doesn't have room for that kind of bullshit. Except fucking Mulder saw a sit. Oh, my sister! Oh, boo-hoo! Let's carry that on with me for 100 seasons. So, well, I think part of it, that doesn't seem fair. There's definitely part of that. And Chris Carter is very heavy-handed on certain things, and that's one of the issues that I took with the newer seasons. Um, I only watched the first one, which I'm a bad fan, but whatever. Um, but my issue part was that they harped so heavy on uh, William, which was the son, the kid that they gave up for adoption, because, oh, God. So William's actually their son. What? You didn't see the next season. Why was your other point about the next season? Because I didn't. I wasn't going to bring it up, but now I'm gonna. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Part of my issue with that is because they're so heavy-handed, and she's like, "Well, what about the baby?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but we didn't give a shit earlier." Like, and part of it is yes that like I'm sure Chris Carter has just completely neglected like women's issues because like he's a dude and he wouldn't fucking know. Um, but part of it too is just in the way that that I've always taken it at least is this may be more, like, forgiving than the show deserves, but that that's just how Scully handles things. Because, like, she is fairly emotionally closed off. And, like, there is an underlying current in the show where she is seeing a therapist. Like, even early, before any of that shit happens. But, like, one of the things that always irked me is in the way he does dialogue sometimes, like, when she has alien cancer, they just keep referring to it. She, like, she'll say, my cancer. She doesn't just say, like, oh, I have cancer. But, like, if she's referring to it, it's my cancer. Or, like, when Mulder will say something, oh, you know, your cancer. Like, it's her, like, she bought it. Like, no, motherfucker, it's just cancer. It's not that it's hers personally. Like That's weird. Yeah, like, it was just one of those weird things that it's like, why do you keep saying that? Like, stop that. Don't write that in. So, would you say that there were some issues in terms of having a feminine a, a feminine viewpoint for the show in previous seasons, but that Scully you would still consider like a 90s female icon? Absolutely. Um, there are definitely times when, especially I've noticed it in this last couple of seasons, when immediately as soon as another female is introduced into Mulder's life, she jumps into catty bitch mode. Like, Well, there was another thing I read where like she has the, another, I guess another like, writing folly is that she's like the smurfette of the show that like there's just no other women it's just her and like that's weird in its own way Uh, yeah it's like when you look at it in a vacuum and you're like well this is our cast of characters of course like there's the lone gunman and skinner and 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 that's it and smoking man and ta-da we're done like but the only other recurring female characters are like Skinner's secretary right you know what I mean or like Mulder's sister and she doesn't count because she's not in most of the show like yeah when you look at it from the broader perspective, it's a little weird. But Supernatural is the same way. Like, once they have a great female character, they immediately kill her off. And then in the next season, somebody else comes along. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. Um, she's definitely still a badass. But I think there are definitely, like, feminine tropes that kind of come up 
pretty frequently. Like, mm. and it, it be, because the episodes aren't back to back, when you're watching it at the time, you don't notice. But because I've been binging it now, I'm like, now you're starting to see oh, these things. God. Yeah, because there's one of them, the last one about like this weird fucking mythical dog beast thing. But it's this dude who can turn into a dog, but it's not a werewolf. It's like some Middle Eastern thing. But there's this super like socially awkward lady who's sort of helping because she's the super expert on dog behavior. And Scully's immediately like, this woman's in love with you, she's infatuated with you, and that's the only reason why she's here, and she's manipulating you, and fuck her. Like, we didn't even get that far in this other lady's dialogue to know that, and she's already, like, completely writing it off. And it's like, you could have toned down the, like, alpha female thing a little bit. What about the one with the brain juice, and she was all flirty? Well, that was fantastic. Okay. Like, no, but that's hilarious. Well, one of the things I saw but... was actually an episode you talked to me about, the one with um, the body switch, oh, the body switch. Oh, God, where the guy's, so like, good. trying to seduce Scully. Yeah. Like, they were saying that, like, you know, that's basically, like, sexual harassment played for sitcom hijinks. Completely. Oh, that one was super bad about that. And part of it is because it's showcasing this guy is a dick. Like, this is just how he treats people, and that's fine. And, like... Clearly, this is why he hates his life, because he's just an asshole. Right. But there definitely were parts of that where you're like, that would not be okay. Like, right. he'll walk by and, like, smack her on the ass and stuff, or, like, just supergirl tropes of, like, oh, don't get your panties in a twist. Like, oh, go fuck yourself, buddy. Like, right. So let me tell you okay. what you have not seen in this new season that I kept seeing coming up in my research. Mm. So you said uh-huh. that one of the things that bothered you about the revival they season keep harping on the kid. they keep harping on the kid. Yeah. What if I told you that the big reveal in the next season is that it's not Mulder's kid? What is it, fucking Skinner's? No. That would be better, actually. That would be fun. When Scully got, like, abducted at some point or whatever, the cigarette-smoking man medically impregnated her with cigarette man jizz and alien jizz. So it's a Scully alien cigarette smoking man baby. Instead, Chris Card is a genius. 10 out of 10, best show. Oh, I hate that so much. Because here's the thing. I love the cigarette smoking man. With minimal information. Right. He's like a good horror villain. He is... The more you're telling me, the less interesting he is. Exactly. And I love the idea of him. Of it being, like, everything that's ever gone wrong in the last, like, 80 years or every bad thing that's ever happened, he's been at the heart of it. Like, that's a great idea, but it's fucking stupid. Because there's a two-episode spread of, like, his whole backstory about he's trying to be a writer and nobody likes it, of course, because he's this fucking tortured soul. But, like, that he killed JFK and, like, anything that, like, happened, like, fucking Watergate, whatever, he was at the heart of it. And it's, like, just so cringy. like, when you put it in those terms of, like, come on, man, like, I get the idea... It's great in theory, but don't well, that was, tell me that. that was James Bond thing. Yeah. That every natural disaster, every, mm-hmm. um, you know, economic collapse, every mm-hmm. government upheaval specter was behind all of it. And you're yeah. like, okay, at a certain point, this is getting crazy. Like, right. Yeah. Like, and also, he's been old forever. Like, he's just right. an old ass man. Um, but there was speculation that he had an affair with Mulder's mother. And so, like, maybe Mulder was his son. And so, like, Mulder confronts his mom, and she has a fucking meltdown about it. Or, like, oh, what if it wasn't Mulder at all? It was his sister, and that's why she was the one taken, because she was a cigarette-smoking man's kid and not Mulder. Like, what the fuck? Like, just stop shoehorning him into bullshit that he doesn't need to be shoehorned into. That's fair. Please. Please. So, speaking of that, mm-hmm. he gets shoehorned into bullshit he need to be a part of. Jesus. So, there you go. There's the reveal of the season you didn't watch. Woof. 
Yeah, and a people apparently a lot of people were real pissed off about it. I'm not even surprised at that point. Like yeah. that's some serious bullshit. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for X Files. Um, the other show that we've been watching a shitload of lately have been just Gordon Ramsay related shows. Yeah. So I've been a big Kitchen Nightmares mark forever and ever. I've watched just about every season of it. Um, but we've started kind of rewatching that. And then we just watched uh, Hell's Kitchen for the first time, which I wasn't really super into, like, the reality show aspect, but there was a lot more Gordon Ramsay just losing his shit. So uh, so that's basically worth the price of admission there. And then they basically recreated Kitchen Nightmares with the 24 Hours in Hell, which just launched. Yeah, it's exactly. the exact same show. It's just a consolidated version, right. so that way he doesn't have to, like, blow a week wherever he's at. So let's talk a little bit about these shows. So um, let's go over Kitchen Nightmares first. Mm-hmm. So the basic premise, in case anyone hasn't watched is there's a mom-and-pop restaurant somewhere, and uh, they're in the shit, and they're losing money, whatever. They've they've got a myriad of problems. And Gordon Ramsay comes to town, evaluates the situation, tries to whip them into shape, yeah. renovates the restaurant. Best of luck. Yeah, ideally after that, they've got essentially the tools they need to succeed. They just need to actually make it happen. Yeah, at that point, if they don't succeed, they're assholes. Exactly. And it's not Gordon Ramsay's problem. It's their fault. So... Tell me about your thoughts on Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to be a snob. Uh-huh. The BBC version is way better than the Fox version. Well, the BBC is better because they don't hype up, like, the drama aspect of it. Like, in the US version, you know some of these people, like, they just edit it so that it looks like their personalities are cranked up to fucking 12. Um, yeah, in the BBC one, yeah. it's like, Gordon's just here to help. And then it's like, in the Fox one, it's like, this is the biggest asshole who's ever owned a restaurant. And guess what? Gordon Ramsay's coming to pull his dick out. Like, you're just like, okay, I don't think that's going to happen. My only issue with the BBC one, though, is I feel like he just gives everybody the same advice because that's it. It's local, clean fresh, your kitchen, use smaller fresh ingredients. menu. Yeah, exactly. Like, buy local because they can there and, you know, minimize your menu. Like, yeah. That's it. It's yeah, every episode is very, very similar. Yeah, in it's the just BBC adorable, one. the places he gets to go, and they're all these beautiful, like, stone buildings, and everybody's got an adorable accent, but, like, yeah. it's essentially, and I mean, it, for the US one, it's essentially the same, but, like, there's a variety. Like, some people, the menu's fine, but, like, their chef's an asshole, or sometimes the chef's fine, but the owner's an asshole, or, yeah. like... Oh, the name of the place is shitty. Or, like, the one weird bakery one where the woman was just fucking Oh, God, insane. yeah, no, they were crazy. Yeah, like, just fucking nuts. Or, like, you know, whatever. Like, you get interesting problems instead of just, like, no, everybody's fine in the UK. They're just chilling. Like, right. you just, you know, don't, update, fr- don't update, be frozen. Yeah. yeah, update your menu. Yeah. Buy local. Um exactly. Is there anything that sticks out to you? Like, any moments or, or episode parts or characters that stick out to you? Like, you mentioned the Amy's Bakery where... Her and her husband are fucking crazy. Yeah. No, she's a fucking nut nut. Um, I, I love the moments I where... So. I love, I love yeah. when Gordon will, like, come to them like, Oh, here's a new menu item, and I'm going to teach your chef how to make it. Mm. Like, those were always cute little montages yeah. of, like, the chefs being like, Oh, I love food again. Like, that kind yeah, of thing. Like, that's cute. Yeah, because there was one where the chef was sad. Yeah. And he would just, like, sit in the back in the kitchen, and Gordon's like, what is the fucking matter with you? And he's like, I just lost my love for cooking. Like, yeah. oh, okay. And so Gordon had to, like, try to fucking... Pep him up, yeah. dazzle him back up. Um, and there was another one, too, where, like, the family was all pissed off at each other, but I don't remember, like, what the actual restaurant was. Um, well, there's one that's, like... There's a couple of them that are all yeah. family ones, but there's, like, an Italian one, there's an Irish one. Oh, well, and there's the two... Um, 
soft noodle boys who made oh, the homemade God. meatballs that cried every five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have the really shitty pizza place. Yeah. They okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> They're definitely on the spectrum, and no one talks about it on the show. Dude, hot takes. I they they have to be like. They're grown children. Yeah, like no, they are big. There babies. is something yeah. blocking them, mm-hmm. and the show just does not acknowledge that at all. Yeah. Like it's like okay, clearly there's some kind of issue. Mm-hmm. Like obviously they're yeah, yeah, obviously they're functioning, but there's some kind of problem here. And Gordon's response is like, "You're an asshole." Like okay, well that's not. <laughs> Because there's the part, because there's the part where like he opens the fridge and he pulls the big yeah. uh, Tupperware of of pasta sauce out, and he's like, "This is hot," and they're like, "Well, yeah, we just made it," and he's like, "Yeah, but you can't put it in the fridge," and they're like, "But it's gonna go bad. Where you gonna put it?" He's like, "No, you, what well, happens if you put hot sauce in the cold fridge?" And they're like, uh-huh. it, "It keeps it better long." And he's like, "No, it makes it go sour." Because normally he asks these questions, and the chefs are like. Oh, you don't store uncooked meat with cooked oh, meat. Like, there's, yeah. like, certain universal things that everybody knows. These guys have zero clue. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, it makes the sauce shitty. It's, it makes it sour. Don't do that. And they're like, oh. And it's like, you can't just look at them and be like, well, there's being dicks. Like, no, clearly there's something wrong. But all in all, love that show. Love when, ye- when he yells at people. Well, the other one we've watched, too, is Hotel Hell. Oh, we have watched Hotel yeah. Hell before. Yeah. Um, which Luna loves that show. Because it's a lot of Gordon Ramsay getting naked. There's a lot of shirtless Ramsay in Hotel Hell. A lot yeah. of him like, oh, time to go to bed. And like he'll just or take the fucking shirt off. Or the one where they had the bathtub in the middle of the room. There was like a jacuzzi. Oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck, He's yeah. He's like, what the fuck, yeah. Getting down with Gordon um, Ramsay. But the thing about, thing about Hotel Hell is that Gordon Ramsay won't leave shit alone. Like, oh, that's my like favorite. Like in, in Kitchen Nightmares, if there's something gross, if there's like food that's gross or something like that, he'll touch it. Like, he'll be like, oh, what's this? And, like, yeah, he'll, like, grab something rotten and do, like, oh, what's this? Like, which I love that. He asks, what's this all the time? Like, anyone's going to have a good answer. Like, oh, no, we just keep that around just to see what will happen. It's a a science experiment. Like, no, everyone's just like, oh, no. But with Hotel Hell, there'll be, like, a hole in the wall that's patched up shittily. And he'll pick at it. And he won't just go, hey, there's a fucking hole here. He'll, like, what what is... What is all this? And he'll just keep pulling shit off of it. And he's just like taking apart the wall and like bricks are falling. He's like, what is this? What is this? And just keep pulling. It's like, what? what? Okay, we get it. It's fucked. We get it. Please leave it alone. There's one he did that with carpet too. He's like pulling up the entire floor. And it's like, can you just fucking not? Yeah. It's just coming right up. Yes, I'm aware of that. Please stop fucking it up. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, we just watched uh, Hell's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. Which, so what are your thoughts on that? It's a pretty straightforward, you know, reality show. Did you ever show. get into any kind of reality shows? Like, even when you were kids and there was, like, the big boom? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah? What were you into? What was your shows? Um, well, like, I watched the first season of Survivor, but literally everybody, everybody did. did. But yeah. I didn't give a shit about that. Um, I watched a lot of the weird ones on, like, MTV and VH1. So, like, I've seen Rock of Love. I've seen Flavor of Love. Which right. Which I didn't want to watch, but it was you always fucking yeah. on. And, like, Flavor Flav's just so weird. Yeah. Um, Rockstar in Excess was my absolute favorite. Um, as far as, like, musical competition-y shows go, um, I have watched, um, some of the Food Network ones, because, like, I've always loved Alton Brown, um, so I've seen a couple of, like, the baking ones for that. Chopped and all that, yeah. exactly. Um, Um, what about, uh, Real World or Road Rules? Uh, I loved Road Rules. Nice, okay. Uh, I love that. Um, I never got into, like, Big Brother or anything like that, because, like, those were You know what, um, the two that I always watched, Mm -hmm. which were basically the same show. 
Next and Blind Date. Next was on MTV. Uh-huh. And it was, uh, like, there was a tour bus mm-hmm. with, like, five suitors on it. Okay. And let's say you were the, the lady. Uh-huh. And so... Dude number one would come out of the bus mm-hmm. and he would be like, whoa! And then it would like freeze frame and give like a little this synopsis. Is Todd. Yeah, yeah, Todd. He loves looking at himself in the mirror and he can do like dick push ups or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like you're going on a picnic or something like that. Yeah. And things are going fine. You're talking with Todd, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, what's your hobbies, Todd? Well, my hobbies include every time I see a puppy, I kick it right in the fucking face. And you would go, all right, next. And then the fucking production crew would be like, hey, Todd, you got to get the fuck out of here. And then Todd would leave. And then Jimmy would come off the bus and just take his place. And the date continues. And that was like, and you just sort of eliminated people until you picked who you liked. And then Blind Date, which I think was on E, I want to say, was... Two people mm-hmm. go on a blind date, camera follows them around, they do dinner, whatever, blah, 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 and then you would go back to the studio, and then you're sitting there, and then the host asks questions like, oh, what did you think of Todd's, like, kissing ability? Like, well, his breath tasted like someone's asshole. It's like, oh, blah, like, yeah. yeah, like that kind of thing. And then it would be like, oh, is this a match or not? Like, that yeah. kind of thing. So those are, like, the two, like, okay. ones I remember watching most. Um... I watched Real World and Road Rules and all that shit. Yeah. Um, and Rock of Love and all that bullshit. Um, and America's Next Top Model. I never watched America's Next Top Model. It's my guilty pleasure. I love it so much. Uh, never gotten to RuPaul's Drag Race, though, which is like kind of the same thing. I need thing. to, though, because like, everybody's been like, no, this is the shit. So like, I feel like I need to get into Drag Race, but I have not yet. So with that said, mm-hmm. back to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. So I got to say, and I'm sure that this is the like take on it, is... I'm not really interested in the dynamics of the chefs. I'm not really interested in, like, the politics yeah, or, like, oh, well, shit. this yeah. person, I like them in my alliance. Like, I don't give a shit about any of that. I just want, I just like seeing Gordon Ramsay yell at people, and that's yeah. all that show is. It's just him fucking losing his shit and, like, just yelling at people, yeah. and that's worth yeah, it. Yeah, and it was the same way with, um, I mean, like, all of them have that fucking element of bullshit, which is, like, I don't care, um, but I'm the exact same way for America's Next Top Model, because I don't give a shit about your drama in the house, I don't give a shit. About any of that. I don't give, especially once they introduce dudes. Oh my god. Because it's like, who's fucking? I don't care. Right. I just want to see. Because they do these phenomenally elaborate photo shoots and like the catwalks they get to do and they always go somewhere exotic and beautiful. Like they went to one where they went to Bali and it was the most like phenomenally like enlightening experience in everybody's yeah. life. Yeah. Like just beautiful. And like the designers they get to work with and the different photographers they bring in. Like I'm here for all of that. The actual like, nuts and bolts of yeah, photography exactly. for modeling. And like phenomenal. Not and, like, who took somebody's comforter and now they're pissed. Exactly. Or like all oh, this one girl's the loud bitchy one and now the whole house is mad. Like I don't care. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I just want to see the photo shoots and all the cool shit that comes out of it. Like that's all I'm here and for. And Tyra saying weird shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and the judging because yeah. that's great too. Like that's the judging is the good drama. That's what I want. Yeah. Like, I want Gordon telling people that they're an asshole. Or when they did great and everybody's pleasantly surprised. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of that in Hell's Kitchen where yeah. he's like, Who made these scallops? And everyone's like, <gasps> He's like, Because they're fucking great. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, thank God. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Whenever Gordon looks at something and then immediately everybody's head perks up like a fucking bird. They're like, Huh? What? What's he doing? And then it, like... It passed. And he's like, Oh, okay, God. And everybody just goes back to what they're doing. But, like, that minute where he's like judging something everybody's just like oh fuck and then they go back to normal <laughs> like there so was funny. i was watching some clips from hell's kitchen because i ran out of clips of kitchen nightmare to watch and uh 
like so apparently I guess the first episode of Hell's Kitchen they introduce all these chefs to Gordon and they each each chef makes uh their like signature dish for him to try um which is basically just an excuse for hey let let's let Gordon Ramsay tear these people down on the first day right to their fucking faces yeah you know what you're in for so there was this one guy who was kind of short and so his solution to that his like security blanket to make him feel confident in the kitchen was to wear this gigantic, like, fucking... Like the Ratatouille hat? Yes, but gigantic, straight up in the air. Oh, my God. And so... Like, you know that doesn't... That's not how So he, works, like, right? walks up to Gordon like, oh, here's my dish. And Gordon's like... What are you doing? Get that shit off your fucking head, or I'm eliminating you from the show right now. <laughs> and he was like... And then they cut to, like, the... He's sitting having the, like, yeah. you know confession into the camera and he's like I don't know what I'm gonna do without my hat like I've never not worn my hat like he was like losing his shit but then like of course you get the ones where like oh I made this it's like a recipe for my I've known my whole life and he's like oh okay and then he fucking takes a bite and then just fucking spits it in the garbage can and he's like Uh. that's disgusting like just that shit like there was one where like a lady and her day job was she was a cooking teacher oh okay and he was like, Bleh! and he's like, I can't believe you fucking teach people because you're a terrible cook. Like, it's just shitting on them from day one. Like, yeah. mm, I want someone to cry. Like, because the thing is, if they were that bad, they wouldn't have made it on the show. Right. Like, there's shows for the worst cook ever. Like, but right. This is and this like, ain't one of them. They've still got to be upper echelon if they're even going to make it to the show. Yeah. Like, they have to be on. at least competent. And, yeah. You know. So it's just, I want someone to cry on the first day. Yeah. That's basically it. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. I like it. It's okay. Like I said, I like the story and the actual growth of Hell's or uh, Kitchen Nightmares better. Yeah. Of like, hey, here's an idea, or like, why don't you try this? Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the makeover is always good. The makeover's great. It's a good feel good moment. Um, seeing people get fired is great. Oh, like, so oh, good. you're a piece of shit. Get out of here. Um, I do love when he brings in a chef and they stay on because there's been a couple fun. of that. Yeah, that's where it's good. like, hey. Here's the chef I brought in to like teach your staff how to do it, and then they go like, "No, we just want to pay him though." Like, the the mind boggling thing that happens every episode. How is it that every owner is an idiot and thinks that their food is just awesome? Because if your food uh, was awesome, yeah. you wouldn't have a goddamn problem. Yeah, because every time they're like, "Oh, what's the problem with the re- Gordon Alaska?" Like, "Oh, so it's like, what's the problem? What, what's wrong with the restaurant?" Oh, people go, don't show up. Oh, great food. You know, everything's great. Just you know, we don't have enough people. Like, well, if the food was great, you would get the people. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your food? Ah, that's a 10 out of 10, chef. Anytime anybody says 10 or 11, it's like, you're fucking done. Like, just go pack up. I don't know how Gordon it. doesn't say it right to their yeah. face. Like, hmm, somehow I fucking doubt it. Yeah. You piece of shit. Ugh, it's so ridiculous. I love it. And that's the thing, too, is like, when you watch the, similar to the X-Files, when you're binging mm-hmm. Kitchen Nightmares, you see these tropes come up. Yeah. You realize that, in a lot of cases, it's not, like, inedible. Mm-hmm. It's usually, like, you usually see Gordon's initial complaints when it's just him and the cameraman and he's just eating the food. Mm -hmm. His complaints are usually always that it's bland. Mm -hmm. Or it's cold. Or it's synthetic. Yeah. But it's very rarely is it like, this is disgusting or this is, you know, spoiled or something. It's usually just like, it's unremarkable. It's bland. Yeah. It's just not super well made. Mm -hmm. It's greasy. Just stuff like that. But nothing, like, atrocious. But he knows... A, drama for the show, and B, that these owners are up their own ass that you can't just go, yeah. your food's a little bland. 
And that's probably why people aren't like. Yeah, you have around. to go over the top. You got to go over the top and go. It. I would rather eat a bag of dog shit than what you just served me. Like you got to go big because they won't listen otherwise. Yeah. You got to hit them in the face with a with a sledgehammer just to get them to go. Oh, excuse me. Like the, exactly. That's that's what? your only option. So. But yeah, when you actually watch it, it's like he's not like the devil. He's just sort of like, eh, this is not great, and it's not remarkable enough to keep people coming. But yeah. you can't just say that because that's not good enough. You got to be like, if I if I found your chef's mother, I would slap her right in the vagina. How dare her? Like you got to go big. <laughs> um, any other shows that you would recommend? How dare her? Any shows that we should uh, try to get people to? Uh, not that I'm willing to say out loud. Why? Uh, what about uh, what was it? Uh, they ended it too soon. Uh, should I? Oh, Shut Eye was so good. Uh, that was like your big show yeah. of it's last a, year. Yes, it is. And it's so good. It's a Hulu original. It's called Shut Eye. And it's got the guy from Burn Notice and um, Isabella Rossellini, who I fucking love with every fiber of my soul. And it's a great fucking show. And they canceled it after two seasons for no reason. I guess because I was the only one watching you, it. But you, it was really good. You and the guy from Burn Notice's yeah. mom were the only people watching. Oh, but it was so good. And I was thrilled to learn um, that Harlots is another great show on Hulu, which I absolutely fallen in love with. Um, and they are filming a third season. Wonderful. Yeah, because Liv Tyler's good. in it, and she's phenomenal. Like, just this beautiful, like, gay duchess. Like, yes, I need everything about this. Good, good. Um, yeah, weird incesty brother. Like, it's it's got everything you've ever needed in, like, a show about, you know, old-timey. Upper class. Yeah. About yeah. Upper class and old-timey prostitutes. Like, yeah. it's phenomenal. Um, the, only, the only modern show I watch <laughs> is fucking Drunk History, so... That's, that's a great true. show, but yeah. I just, that's really the only Joe thing. Joe Mystery's real good. Yeah. That's the only current show that I watch. Everything else is just old shit or movies. Yeah. Um, well, we watched Trick and Morty. Nobody talks about it. I'm going to be editing that, that out. <laughs> You're a um, I'm trying to think about anything else that I've been, like, super into watching. Because it was like, when I'm not watching The X-Files, what did I watch? Um, well, I already made it all the way through Frasier mm-hmm. and Friends. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then I was like, all right, well, it's time to go back to the X-Files. Um, uh, just Shoot Me, uh, Parks and Rec. Classic. The Office. I need to finish you? Parks and Rec. I didn't get all the way through that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it for anything that, like, I'm actively watching. Because anything okay. else is, like, too shameful to talk about. Or, right. um, or like, not really episodic or a yeah, show. Exactly. Is just something like a one-off, yeah. Well, that's our little TV talk for this episode of mostly not wrestling. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh, I think we're going to be back on schedule next week, or at least uh, continuing to hype Punk Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when we get caught up on merch stuff, we'll have another episode of Monster of the Week. Heck yeah, that'll be super fun. Yeah, we got all kinds of wacky adventures coming up. Mm-hmm. We're not on the questionable episode yet, or questionable run that was not run by me. The one that James was behind the wheel on. We're oh, I forgot about that. We're not there I yet. I almost shouted out what it was. And don't, I was like, that, that spoils reveals it. it. That spoils yeah, it. I we can't. haven't gotten there yet. I don't know if I can edit that one yet, so that one may be lost. I don't know. It's not questionable. It was a good run. It was go- It was silly, but it was a good run. All our runs are good runs. True, but the, that also had a statement that the punchline was AIDS right at the get-go. So maybe okay. a little problematic. So yeah. I'll see what I can do once we get to that bridge. But nevertheless... So yes, another Monster of the Week coming up. Uh, while I'm here, I will also plug uh, Frightful Failures, a uh, horror film podcast hosted by myself and Tian Guignol. Uh We just talked about two entries in the Puppet Master series. That's on SoundCloud, uh, Frightful Failures. 
uh, Charles Band. I'm so sorry that we yeah, shit all over yeah. you for two hours. My bad. But Charles has made some questionable decisions. Yes. Um, the fact that, what was it, the Evil Bong movie has like 15 seven? fucking... Yeah, yeah, seven Evil Bongs. Fuck that, man. And I think five Ginger Dead Men. Woof. Yeah, you shouldn't get past one of those. Like, you get... You get one. Yeah, and Gary Busey has the voice of the Ginger Dead Man. Like, that was worth oh, the price really? of admission. Yeah, for the first one, yeah. Um, it was worth the price of admission. Oh, can we talk about, speaking of Gary Busey, um... From Dust Till Dawn? Yes! The series. I love it! And I'm so mad, because, and, like, the cast is adorable, and they keep, like, teasing another season, but I don't think it's gonna happen, and I'm devastated, because you cannot tell me that it costs that much for fucking El Rey to produce. Like, yeah, so that's the other thing. If you have El Rey, or it's on, um... It used to be on Netflix, but I don't know if it still is. God, I hope so, because I've rewatched that at least three times. Um, there's two seasons of From Dust Till Dawn, the TV show, which, if you've seen the movie, is fucking phenomenal. The first season is sort of a um, retelling of the yeah. movie, which, once you get past the fact that... Um, it's not George Clooney and yeah, Quentin Tarantino. But it's way good. It's super good. And the second season's so good. And it could have very easily been... Like, it, it could have been, like, other Supernatural. Like, give me 50 seasons of this, please. Because the cast is great, the story is great, the monsters are phenomenal, and you get to see fucking Papa Di- Savini. And different cultures yeah. take some monsters. Like, exactly. Like, more Latin influence of Jake Busey. classic monsters. Yeah, totally. Super, super good. Like, I've never thought that I was like, oh, yeah, Jake Busey. And then I was like, goddamn, the show, though. Like, yeah. Jake Busey. Yeah. So there you go. There's uh, yeah. Luna's fil- uh, TV recommendations. <laughs> so you say there's Luna's filth, and I was like, there's "Well, Luna's there's filth. that." <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed He's it. Sex machine. Yep, and uh, that's that. So <laughs> for everybody here at Fully Gimmicked Headquarters, I am the sexually aggressive koala. I'm Luna. That's not your Cards Against Humanity name. <laughs> Touches on finger. There you go. Until next time, everybody. Deuces. Deuces. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. It's that dirty ass Meryl Streep. We are. We're touching wieners. Touching wieners professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina. Where are we starting from? What's up, sluts? You slut.
God, I've never needed Chad more in my life than right now.